Hey there, welcome to the Owning the Future of Healthcare podcast brought to you by the experts at Health Catalyst. I am your host, Hillary Kennedy. Today, we're going to be focusing on the role of data and analytics and population health challenges. And joining me to discuss all things population health is Jonas Varnum, Vice President of Population Health Strategic Services for Health Catalyst. Jonas is a healthcare consulting professional who is dedicated to the redesign of healthcare systems across the value-based care continuum. He has served healthcare organizations by supporting them in population health management aims, building, designing, understanding new payment and delivery models, management and leadership initiatives, public policy innovations, and various strategic planning goals. He's going to give us some great insight on population health. I cannot wait to begin asking him some questions. Welcome to the show, Jonas. Hi, Hillary. Thanks so much for having me. Well, let's start at the beginning. Why is population health an important area of focus for health systems now and in the future? It's a great question. It's a question we've had for a while, Hillary. And, and actually what I love about this question is we continue to need to sit back and think about the fact that pop health has been important for now for about 10 years. We've, we've had it as a term in the lexicon and we've actually finally been able to see some good data on what works and what doesn't. But it's important to remember, frankly, how it got built and what, what some of the uh, components of population health were as, as pop health really developed. And it starts by sitting back and, and realizing that uh, we've had a pretty unsustainable and we continue to have a pretty unsustainable amount of health spending inside our entire um, gross national product and, and inside the way that we spend uh, as a nation. And when you sit back and think about the fact that we've had unsustainable waste, we've had uh, wages that have actually been outpaced by inflation, then it creates a, an economic paradigm for us as a nation and for marketplaces in each area in different sections of the country to understand, well, how can we create a better health system and a delivery system? And, and that was really the goal of population health we still see that there's a substantial amount of waste and inefficient and suboptimal care being developed and, and provided across the United States. In fact, we estimate maybe about a trillion dollars of suboptimal or inefficient care or waste is, is, being, is, is occurring inside our, our um, different utilization and, and across different services across the US. And frankly, maybe about 35% of that we could improve, maybe as much as 50%, some experts are, are estimating. When you think about the fact of population health role and being an answer uh, to that issue and that question, it really comes back down to the fact that we've seen different organizations take on this challenge. ACOs, CINs, have, have been developed and have uh, cr been created over the last 10 years in a lot of different spaces. We've seen Medicare really attack um, with a national structure of how to do population health and an ACO model. But we've also seen different markets uh, penetrate the population health contract and, and this financial imperative with um, you know, various different commercial contract structures various different Medicaid managed care uh, structures and, and contract models. And at the end of the day, over the last 10 years, 
all of these different types of organizations, these contracts, they're now actually inside our marketplace. They are, we have to figure out now, okay, how do I take care of a commercial patient population and different types of commercial contracts? How do I take care of a Medicare and in a traditional sense and also within kind of a capitated type model with Medicare Advantage? How do I take care of a Medicaid population and have all of these different types of contract models that provide different amounts of revenue associated with these populations? That's what we're seeing now. And when, pop, when you sit back and say, why is pop health necessary now and in the future? Well, we have this different economic structure now than we've ever had before. And the only real way to be able to successfully deliver uh, care to patient populations and, and to be able to be successful in these contracts is to have a scalable, systematic method of how you do population health across these different patient populations that are tied to these individual types of contracts. Yeah, many health systems, they struggle to improve the health of the populations they manage. So I would love your take on why is effective population health so challenging? Yeah, it's, it's, it is definitely a challenge. And it's um, a challenge really because it's actually quite hard to operationalize. We are seeing that some of the uh, realities of how you actually are successful take a pretty systematic level of operational competencies. I'll sit back and think about the fact that some of the lessons learned from the early days are still and still must be maintained. You have to have, let's call these prerequisites, Hillary, but there's really about five core things that we need to have to effectively op operationalize pop health. But in the prerequisite space, you have to have things like effective governance and or governance models, things like improvement methodology and, and the ability to actually have uh, literacy across analytics, across pop health embedded inside your organization. But then there are also additional areas of competency, data, analytics, and then absolutely leveraging those two distinct areas of competency for you to be able to be successful financially and clinically. And that's hard to do. It's hard to make sure that, again, as I said in, the, uh, in response to maybe that first question of, of what's important now with Pop Health, it's hard to effectively support these different types of contract models and leverage an effective operational structure to, to do um, and to improve outcomes associated with all of these individual types of contracts. And the only way you can do that is uh, an appropriate systematic level of engagement associated with some of these competencies. Hillary, if I can add on a little bit more to that, then I would just add one more thing. I've mentioned having prerequisites and then being able to leverage data and analytics. And one, one other thing that's really important is that it's, it's actually quite valuable for organizations to have a single source of analytic truth. But if you think about those as, as individuals inside your health system that are supporting areas like HCC 
voting or payer relations conversations, and they need to have access to analytic components um, that all leverage the same base levels of, of data. Similarly, on the care transformation side, if you have care managers that are supporting population health goals, if you have quality measurement specialists that are um, seeking ways to improve in clinics, then you also need to be leveraging data and analytics across that single source of truth. So it takes a little bit of both a competency approach, but then some base levels of foundations um, within your organization that everybody can, can leverage and use. And uh, that's really how you can be successful a little bit more at scale. And you've mentioned some of these things. What role do data and analytics play in navigating these population health challenges? So it's a great, great follow up there. And the reality with actually being able to leverage data analytics and what I often consult with different organizations on is that the first thing you should be able to do is understand if you can answer innumerable different types of use cases. And then frankly, you have to make sure you can do that at a pretty rapid pace at a quick level. Can you answer innumerable or a substantial amount of use cases quickly? And let's talk a little bit about what that means in, in much more detail here. So I think I think often you you get a question like, what's my PMPM and, and how close am I to, to a target on a on a regular basis per different type of contract model or across multiple contracts or across specific patient populations? And then it sits back and you realize I need to know how impactful specific patient populations are. And I need to make sure that those patient populations are benchmarked appropriately. And what we mean by that is actually that instead of having a comparative data point against maybe an academic medical facility or maybe a specific region, it's much more valuable to sit back and say, I know how my patient populations uh, compare to a similar type of patient population. So in Medicare, it's we've already segmented, you know, patients, right? Where they're 65 and older, and and maybe they probably have some chronic conditions. But when you get to direct to employer and self-insured and and a variety of different, again, at scale types of contract models and populations, you need to be able to do that for every single population and make sure you understand if that benchmark patient population are patients like yours. Because then what you sit back and start wondering is, well, what is impactful? And, and if you can answer questions like, what sites of service are my patients using? For instance, are they appropriately leveraging the emergency department or are they inappropriately leveraging the emergency department? Are we seeing types of services in, in ED that we really shouldn't be able to see and we shouldn't see on a regular basis? Are we not seeing appropriate urgent care utilization, telehealth, now that we've been able to, as a consumer group, understand and as a physician group or, or clinical group, understand how to uh, deliver telehealth appropriately? Are, are we using that appropriately? Um, we also want to make sure that we understand the equity of our patient population, again, compared to similar other types of patients. Are our patients uh, that have different types of socioeconomic uh, and social determinants factors, 
are they being receiving the right care at the right place at the right time for their factors that they have? Um, this type of information you need to be able to see in aggregate across different types of lines of business, across a significant amount of different data dimensions, types of groupers, and you have to be able to see this quickly. We've had clients come to us, and, and I think, honestly, Hillary, one of the best examples is with COVID, um, where, you know, if you, if you have a single source of truth, which we touched on earlier, we've had clients come to us and say, we're in a pandemic. And the reality is we have a significant different type of patient population here, and we want to understand what the mortality is for that patient population. But we need to do this immediately. We need to do this really, really quickly. And we were able to sit back and help them within four days create an algorithm that said, here are your high-risk patients, and here are patients that are in, in high risk of mortality associated with COVID. And then we were able to sit back and say, Let's scale this to your entire population, over 150,000 different types of lives. Again, this was a group that had a direct to employer, self-insured population, Medicare Advantage, um, and different commercial contracts. And they were able to do that within a week. And, and for care managers to then, at the end of the day, interact with the, the highest risk patients, about 66% of the highest risk patients received a care management appointment within a week or, or had a follow-up uh, because of that algorithm that was developed in a week. I mean, that's, that's what we're talking here when you can actually leverage and utilize data and analytics and have the ability to understand all these use cases instantly. Let's chat a little bit about Health Catalyst. How does Health Catalyst help organizations trying to achieve better population health results. Are there any specific products you can share with us? Yeah, there's a number of them. So I think one of the the first things that you do want to be able to do is is make sure you can understand all those questions immediately. Essentially, think about this as being a smarter organization. And we do have a, a product there called Value Optimizer that allows organizations to look across you know, your total cost of care for any type of contract, but also dive deeply into 12 different domains, have over 10,000 benchmarked opportunities uh, instantly available at your fingertips. We worked with a payer um, as well as provider organizations leverage this, but we've worked with a payer recently who's uh, improved their efficiency by 90%. Their clinical business intelligence teams um, took them two to three months to be able to see utilization trends across 50 different lines of business. And now they're, they're seeing those trends on a daily basis uh, where they can monitor these types of lines of business and, and be able to determine who are my impactful patient populations, how am I appropriately going to intervene, and more importantly, most importantly, what is an appropriate intervention? Because they're able to do that specific deep uh, intervention analysis so quickly that 90% efficiency. Um, frankly, now me and my team, we're, we're having conversations with them about side of service utilization where we saw over $8 million in opportunity. And the, the fact of the matter is we, we looked at about 20 different types of interventions. We chose three to focus on and we were able to do that within weeks, um, you know, one to two weeks here 
in, in as opposed to again months of time for organizations to be able to understand how to uh, identify and then impact patient populations and and that's with robust data that in, informs those interventions you know what are the social determinant of health factors what is the, the mental health components that go into that some of that ed utilization as well um so that that value optimizer product really does highlight and help organizations have a better and more robust understanding of their patient population across a significant amount of different use cases it then can point to I, if you if, if you don't mind i'm going to just keep going here with a couple more products hillary where it can point to things like various types of interventions and we we believe it's critical for organizations to have a significant amount of types of interventions care management is one for sure being able to engage patients directly is another and finally let's talk a little bit more about quality measures and the ability to support um, the improvement upon very specific quality measures. I think we're all a little bit burned out right now uh, and significant, definitely physicians. My wife is a clinician and um, I, I get to hear about it regularly of, of some of the, the daily work and grind that we all have inside the, the healthcare field. Um, and the reality is we've had a significant amount of quality measures and, and what we've actually supported organizations with, we, we have over 250 measures that we maintain, that we actually organize and annually update, that, go, that we are um, happy to provide to organizations directly embedded into their EHR. So now physicians can actually look inside their, their workflow on a daily basis. And we've worked with a, a large organization inside uh, the Midwest who has over 200 different clinic sites where we are embedding quality measures that are um, nationally standard quality measures directly into their EHR. And so they can actually leverage that to have conversations and make sure that they are able to appropriately, um, you know, meet the, the very specific types of criteria that these quality measures have, but they also don't have to dive deep into, you know, some of the nuance of the uh, technology or, or they don't have to look at a, a printed off report in a morning huddle. It's just right there in their EHR for their clinical visit. And um, that is, that's a significant amount of work that, that nobody inside the, the clinic practice now has to do. And, and frankly, going back to the analytics component of this, when you have a single source of truth and it's all running off of that single data repository, then you're able to actually uh, have those updates pushed to you and your analytic teams don't have to do it from a business perspective as well. So that we've seen that be critically valuable to, to support organizations in improving quality measures, reducing clinical burnout, reducing um, staff burnout, and also improving satisfaction across both your, your patients and your physicians as well. Lastly, I do want to touch a little bit more on care management, and and I and we have a couple of different ways that we think about this, but it it really starts by making sure that you can identify patient populations effectively, analyze these patient populations. We have a tool that that uh, we call Pop Analyzer, and it's a solution that allows organizations to build any sort of care management or stratify or stratification or registry group that they need to work 
and and oftentimes we've had organizations come to us and say how how what would you do and we do have a significant amount of out of the box registries that we've seen be valuable we've also partnered with organizations like johns hopkins acg to provide um, additional clinical models that organizations can leverage and see uh, supporting them in care coordination and, and care management opportunities of who is an appropriate patient to target so they can reduce readmissions uh, immediately. But as you analyze and understand these patient populations, segmenting them out, who's your highest risk patients, but also which patient population do I need to work and why, that needs to feed into a care management structure or into an intervention, any intervention, whether that's an engagement campaign for you to do, direct reach outs to, whether that is a ability for you to um, just do uh, advanced, um, you know, specific kind of uh, clinical model, clinical improvement support services. Um, we've seen that work for organizations. But I wanna um, highlight that at the end of the day, what you really need to make sure that you're doing is understanding after you've worked that patient population, did it create outcomes? And that's the most critical piece. What we've seen, if I were to sum up this entire podcast uh, for us of why is it important now and in the future, how do we maybe uh, effectively deliver pop health? You have to be able to understand who your impactful patient populations are work them appropriately, and then understand the ROI or the outcomes associated with those patients. And with our POP Insights solution, we actually provide out-of-the-box answers to things like the PMP up, PM for your patient populations that have been supported, or, and but also process measures of, of and KPIs associated with anything that you've done or worked for that patient population, readmission rates. Uh, for that patient population. If you were working with that patient on care management, how effective were your care management individuals in delivering the services for those patients? Let me give one more example here of how we've uh, potentially shown and, and helped organizations understand the outcomes associated with their patient population. There was a man managed Medicaid organization who had a significant amount of variety of care management programs and a, a couple of different types of interventions. And their patient population would come in and out of Medicaid enrollment. And luckily, they had data that's, that we were able to um, include and, and look at, and we could study their, their care management services and say, over a specific time period, when, we, when you analyze the multivariant components of services that your patients received, for instance, they received a care management, high cost intervention, they received transportation services. Some of these patients received reach outs to make sure that they had appropriate food for their social determinant of health issue. But we couldn't figure out what was actually the true root cause of that effectiveness until we did a multivariate analysis leveraging our analytic knowledge and leveraging the data inside and then seeing it inside pop insights to know that it was frankly a couple two of the five care management programs that they then continued 
Uh, and those two care management programs drove a significant amount of outcomes. They had um, a two to one ROI, cost to benefit ratio. They also reduced inpatient visits by uh, over 600 um, inpatient visits for a cohort of about 2,000 patients. Um, and the readmission rate went down a significant percentage as well, uh, as well as their ED visit rate. So a, a number of outcomes there that, that you can see. And again, it comes back to making sure that you can have applications, products, um, including our value optimizer product, um, including our embedded care gaps product, where we're embedding direct information directly on quality measures into your EHR and tools like Pop Analyzer, Pop Insights, for you to understand which patient you need to impact and uh, what the outcomes are for that patient population. Well, I love hearing about these products. It makes me so hopeful for all of the great outcomes. Um, and I've enjoyed hearing you talk about how Health Catalyst is really just dedicated to sustainable improvements in the, the clinical and the financial and patient outcomes. It is, it's really incredible. Um, you've covered a lot of ground for me, Jonas, but is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to mention before we wrap things up? You know, population health has been around. I think the only other thing I'd say is it, it, I, I love when I'm talking to people and they admit that it is a marathon um, and it's not a sprint. It, it will be for a few more years. It will be for always that it's, a, it's more of a marathon. The, re the reality, though, is that if you actually have a systematic structure, then that marathon is a lot easy, <laughs> a lot easier. Uh, if you have the right tools, if you have the ability and the wherewithal to have things like prerequisites um, that you consistently communicate, and then you combine those products and that single source of analytic truth and um, with appropriate clinical services, and with with the right process, then that marathon is easy. And I think that's the biggest thing to, to sit back and reflect on is it might feel hard to do pop health, but there is a right way to do it. And it does return results, both in the short time and the long term. And, and uh, it's really fun to see as it comes together. So if people want to know more about achieving better population health results, where can they go? Yeah, so please do come to healthcatalyst.com. I mentioned a few different stories today, and, and there's over 200 of them, actually, uh, from case studies and results with improvement and, and client successes that are available on our website there at healthcatalyst.com. And that's a great place to start, Hillary. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of Owning the Future of Healthcare podcast. I really enjoyed hearing how Health Catalyst is dedicated to sustainable improvements in clinical and financial and patient outcomes. It's a very hopeful conversation. Thanks again to Jonas Barnum, Vice President of Population Health Strategic Services for Health Catalyst for joining me today. Well, thank you also for tuning into this episode of Owning the Future of Healthcare brought to you by Health Catalyst. If you'd like more episodes of the podcast, if you want to stay up to date with future episodes, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you prefer to listen to your podcasts. We will be back with another episode soon, but until then, I've been your host, Hillary Kennedy. Thank you so much for joining us.